Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, yo, Natalie from Accounting. Hi, do I know you? Chad from Sales. Not to be like weird or anything, but you've low-key been an action item on my list for a while now, and I was wondering if maybe like you could get a line sometime, maybe sync up. Oh my gosh, I'm flattered. I just don't really have the bandwidth right now. I'm about to pivot back to HQ. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, totally not best practices by me. You know, a lot of moving parts. No, no, no. I really do appreciate you reaching out. Just a lot of roadblocks at the moment. What if we put a pin in this and circle back next week? Yeah, we could totally punt this next week if you have capacity. I can make Tuesday work. Then we can touch base. Maybe even drill down. Was that like an innuendo or something? Because I would love to unpack your pain points. I'm looking for kind of an all-in-one product. Something that can scale with me. Well, that's good news because I'm agile. Great. I look forward to ideating. Wow. People flirting using only corporate speak. (laughs) You're either the sort of person that does that or you're not. I've got a buddy who's really successful. He's just one of those guys... He's bounced around from thing to thing to thing, and he just, like, rises to the top everywhere he goes. But he talks like that all the time. Like, non-ironically, that's just, I mean, he just, he, he, he's he got the ability to absorb the current thing and immediately spit it back out. To the pleasure and delight of fellow people like that. And it's a, I think it's a way to signal to other people, oh, he's one of us. He needs to be on, on management. Yeah, it's a cultural thing. Yeah, yeah, that was that was at once funny and disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it made my heart hurt and my belly ache. Oh well. So, do you remember the devious licks challenge on TikTok? A lick being a theft. This is the kids all stealing things from the school, soap dispensers, just anything they could find, damaging, vandalizing their schools. It was terrible. We got a a bunch of emails from a bunch of principals and teachers saying, yeah, this has been horrible. We've had to close all the bathrooms, if you can imagine that. Well, evidently, there's a new one of these every month. And the new one is, brace yourselves now, the slap a teacher challenge. Oh, boy. In which you're supposed to. Whenever I hear these, I always think nobody's actually doing this. Nobody's actually eating Tide Pods. Nobody's choking to death on cinnamon. Nobody's actually doing things, but I've heard from people who say bathrooms are getting destroyed. I mean, I just don't understand the... I'm aware of peer pressure, but I just don't understand what... What's the mechanism that's making people do things that's outside what they would normally do? Uh, You know, they say the scariest thing you could ever do is live for an hour inside somebody else's mind. Um, Even as an idiot teenager... I'd have looked at, okay, here's what you do. You steal something or break it, then post a video. I'd have said, stupid idea. I'll pass. Um, and I, believe me, I was engaged in plenty of hijinks, but th- that is just transparently idiotic. On the other hand, do we have that P.J. O'Rourke clip? Our favorite bit. Whose idea was it to put every idiot on earth in touch with every other idiot? Right. Talking about the Internet. And that's true of 14-year-olds as much as it is a, true. Know, 39-year-olds. You'd only need... <clears throat> Two kids in every big school to be willing to do it, to have a real problem. Right, right. Now, so what's the new to slap a teacher? I don't know who the board of directors is or the star chamber or whoever comes up with these monthly challenges. But, yes, students are asked to calmly walk up to their teachers, slap them, then run off, making sure they capture the whole thing on camera. And then you post it to TikTok? Yeah, clearly. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, it, 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 allegedly that began at the beginning in October. Well, this would fit in pretty well with this. Uh, I, I heard from a, a friend who uh, knows a teacher. I'll be very vague about this, but this is like a lot straighter from the horse's mouth than I'm making it sound. I just don't want to get anybody in trouble. Um, so as talking last week about how hard it is to discipline people in certain school districts or schools you're not allowed to discipline anybody nah, it's the whole restorative justice movement i'm familiar with it. oh i remember what it was when i brought up the idea that uh yeah this uh so they replaced the bell with chimes at school for the, the bell to uh to let you know school starting with, as we get with, softer and dumber with chimes because they don't want to trigger the kids because the bells are softer. From when what? The kids were like prize fighters and had to come out for the bell and get punched? What the hell and, are they talking and about? And they were already having a problem with kids being tardy. Like, nobody shows up to class on time. And the principal told this particular teacher that you should... So the teacher goes to the principal and says, nobody's showing up for class. You know, the chimes go off and nobody's in their seat. So you go to the principal and the principal said, you need to be better. You need to make your class more interesting and that will make people want to be there oh my gosh and that um they're basically don't don't have a tardy policy anymore wow and then he got off his unicorn it's part of the restored its mane lovingly it's part of the whole restorative justice thing right Right, you can't have punishments. You have to sit down and explain to them how it's important they come on time and why there's value in that, and and get their agreement. And if you can't get their agreement, well, you just have to live with it. So you can't discipline kids for being late because that's considered a uh, a, a white supremacist thing to be in your class on time. Right. And um, and now the thing is, well, you just need to make your class more interesting, and then they will show up on time, which is. I, 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 where, it, where ignores even start? The, it ignores the entirety of human history right. and human nature. So, Other than that, it's a sound policy. The reason I bring that up now is in that culture, I could imagine kids saying, yeah, I can walk up to the teacher and slap them and videotape it and post it. Why not? Wow, these people, they just, they, they, they live in a dream world. It is so... I mean, if it weren't so horrifying, it'd be really interesting to observe people whose entire worldview is shaped by theories that they've heard in a classroom as opposed to everything they've observed their entire life and everything the rest of us have. Yeah, it's um, like I said earlier about the street person uh, accosting me. Um, I just kind of feel like, well, we're on a pendulum swing here. It's going to keep going until things completely off the rails, and then maybe we'll push back and get it back on the rails. I mean, I've just kind of accepted we're in a we're in a bad spot right now. By God, but we're in a bad spot. Um, and hopefully, it will get better. Running through my notes from the weekend, looking things over. Uh, John Stewart's got a new show. Remember John Stewart from the Daily Show? He's got a new show called on Apple TV called The Problem with John Stewart, and it's pretty serious. I've taken a little bit of it, and he's taking on. You know, why so many of our veterans get sick from various things we do and, you know, like serious stuff. Remember, he mm-hmm. testified before Congress about 9-11 responders and why they were all dying from cancer and that sort of thing. So he's, he's gotten pretty serious and he's I, I, I admire him. Uh, uh, he's as rich as God. I often ask, you know, why do these people that are insanely wealthy 
keep doing what they're doing, do they like it that much? He's a guy that got rich enough that decides, you know, I've got a lot of power. A lot of people listen to me. I'm going to try to make the world better rather than continuing to do my my nighttime yeah, I, laughing I, show. Yeah, sorry. I uh, I completely respect the stuff he's done with 9-11 responders. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and this what I've seen of it all sounds pretty good. But the, really, the reason I bring this up, so I caught a little bit of his podcast um, over the weekend where he kind of does some behind-the-scenes stuff about the show, and he mentioned how they've been active in hiring veterans for a long time on The Daily Show. Um, and he went through some of the people in the podcast. You know, here's a writer, he's a producer, whatever. I was a Marine. I was in the Air Force Reserves. I was in Afghanistan. I was So he's super into hiring veterans there. Uh, you know, super lefty John Stewart. And he said, well, one of the reasons we do this is because they... Show up on time. They work really hard. They don't complain about anything. So they're white supremacists. <laughs> so well, yeah. But according uh, to the schools, they are. I thought that was really interesting and really cool. So, yeah, good for John. Well yeah. done, sir. Yeah, and I'd call him a moderate lefty, wouldn't you? I don't think he's a super lefty. Um, I would say he's a pretty honest lefty. Like he's yeah. the one that when Trump won, he was saying, "Hey." This whole they're a bunch of racist thing. No, I got friends that voted for Trump, and it's not because they're racist. Here why they here's why they voted. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of race and racism and that sort of thing, there's a new uh, new look out at the census that came out recently, and and some of the follow up stuff. And one thing they've discovered is that the American people have very little interest in the whole dividing us by race thing. And don't see it the way the census did, and a lot of the categories are silly, and it's 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 good news, I think. What what did you check on the census? I didn't know what to check. I don't remember. I just I didn't know. Do I want to play along with this? Because in general, I'm a decline to state guy. I just I just don't like that information being used for anything. Because when when's it get used for anything good? I yeah. can't I can't recall it. Well, a huge number of respondents actually marked uh, a surprising space on the census. And uh, some of that, what that revealed, I think you'll find interesting. Plus, Cal Unicornia, which has a big budget surplus that the uh, half-wit governor keeps bragging about, just got an F on its fiscal health report card by a nonpartisan organization. Oh, wow. I'd like to hear that. So the governor of California announced the first vaccine mandate for students in America. Every kid is going to have to get the vaccine next year to go to school. And that's going to be very controversial. Just days after opposing one for prison guards in California. Ah, right. And uh, somebody tweeted out, California kids made the mistake of not giving millions to his campaigns. So prison guards, no mandatory vaccine for you. School kids, Obviously. There's no comment needed. Nope. There it is. That's our system. Um, yeah, we got to talk about the Squid Game TV show just so you can be one of the cool kids and you know uh, what that is because that's the hot. It's like when Tiger King was hot or, uh, you know, the crown was hot. Uh, squid Game. It's really gross. Um, when you hit There's it, hardly a game played with squids I can imagine that you, wouldn't be gross. When you hit it with the bat, it makes an awful sound. Oh, I bet it does. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and the ink. So much ink. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
opening day of M&M's new Detroit restaurant, the rapper surprised guests by serving them pasta himself. Not to be outdone, Macklemore got fired from the Olive Garden. The NBA announced that unvaccinated players will not be paid for any games missed due to local vaccine mandates. But that won't matter. NBA players have a long, proud history of losing money because they refuse to use protection. Ooh, is there a visual aid with that one? No. no okay. Picture of the NBA. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Eminem has a new restaurant called Mom's Spaghetti, which is pretty funny. If you're familiar with losers of Mom's Spaghetti on your sweater already. You know, that whole thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Alex, you there? Yes, I am. Hit me real quick. The lyrics. You can do it. Just roll them out. Oh, now you put me on the spot. He did it the his other day. His knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, but he's nervous. But he's on the surface. He looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps... I don't know. There you go. Yeah, okay, there it is. Mom's spaghetti. Damn! That is pretty good! <laughs> Thank you, random voice effect. There you go. Eminem that's from, Eminem. From the uh, Super Bowl commercial a couple years back. Supreme Court kicking off today. Not much to talk about other than abortion, religion in schools, and gun rights. Other than that, nothing really heavy that they'll be talking about this session. Oh, by the way, speaking of Eminem and uh, rapping and that sort of thing, he's part of the Super Bowl halftime show, and Jason Whitlock with a blockbuster editorial saying it's terrible that he and Dr. Drain, Snoop Dogg, and and all are going to be doing the Super Bowl show. They're pornographers. Hmm. Interesting. And and, uh, uh, at least one of them has some pretty serious uh, hashtag Me Too problems in their past. Dre? But Jason Whitlock is a black man, says, but it's okay because they're black. Dre does? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's Dr. Dre. Yeah. Who's not actually a real doctor. So if he offers you a butt lift or cheekam plant or prostate exam, don't, don't go for it. So I found this interesting partly because we've been saying similar things for uh, quite a while, but the WAPO picked up on it. Part of the problem. Oh, I'm sorry. The headline is census race categories increasingly fail to reflect how people see themselves. Part of the problem lies in the fact that based on 1997-era standards, the form asks about race and Hispanic origin in two separate questions. Excuse me. The race question offers choices that pinpoint some identities with granular specificity while lumping others into broad categories that span continents and skin tones. For Hispanics, identifying themselves on the census questionnaire can be especially bewildering. Hispanic is not one of the race choices, as it is not considered a racial category. But many respondents miss that nuance. So you get asked your race, and then then if you're white, they ask you if you're of Hispanic origin, etc. Which is, well, I'll just read you a little more, then comment. In 2020, over 15% of all respondents marked some other race either alone or in combination with another race, the vast majority of them were Hispanic. That made some other race the second largest alone or in combination group in the country, edging out black or African American. So behind white, it was some other race. Interesting. Yeah. Um, And leaving demographers with increasingly imprecise information about who lives in America. That was So that would be people that are a mixture of a couple of things. They don't really think about it that much. They don't identify as anything. But they know they're not white, so they just check that box. Yeah, yeah. And they go into the Hispanic thing a little bit. William Fry, Brookings Institution senior demographer, uh, writes, It's very confusing. If you say you're Hispanic, then they ask you to fill out a race question. Many people say, I've already filled it out. I'm Hispanic. The distinction between ethnicity and race is something that most people don't make. Well, departing from the text, there's a reason for that. It's because the left has realized that 
the, the, the topic of race and racism has such enormous weight. They want to borrow that weight for everything. So the idea that, like, Mexican is a race is silly, scientifically speaking. In fact, even the idea that the, the black-white nation is a race is extremely questionable from a biological standpoint. It's almost entirely sociological. Um, almost entirely. But so what they've done is they've, they've, they've tried to make every ethnic topic whether it's immigration or some poor old Chinese gal getting beaten down in Chinatown or whatever, they're trying to make that about race so they can get your attention and get what they want. I got to admit, I don't understand that. If black, white, and Asian aren't racist, then is that a term that just shouldn't be used? A lot of a lot of scientists believe it shouldn't. Hmm. Just in terms of a species, it's uh, the similarities are, are. I'm sorry, the differences between the so-called races are. Utterly insignificant. Well, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so I understand the point then. So then what are you talking about? Yeah. And some of the race categories are broad to the point of ridiculousness. European, Lebanese, and Egyptian is examples of white. Black examples include African-American, Sub-Saharan African, Jamaican. Other race categories defined by specific nationalities or geographic locations. Chinese, Filipino, Japanese, Korean, Vietnamese, etc. It's just the whole thing silly. Human race, baby. Human race. Uh, got some good woke stories. Um, did you see 60 Minutes last night? We can bring you up to speed on that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The thing is, is that Washington math is notoriously funny, and you can make a $3 trillion, you can make a $1 trillion bill into $2 trillion. you can make a $3 trillion bill that helps fewer people, etc. And so that's why we really need to talk about the substance of this. So uh, AOC went up, uh, up the ladder in terms of my uh, estimation of her quite a bit yesterday when she was on Face the Nation. I couldn't disagree with her more about policy, but... She's absolutely right about why are we talking about the big number on these bills and not about the policies? Because the number thing is all a lie anyway, um, the way they do the funny math. And what a strange way to look at a bill anyway. I got a bill here. It'll cost 800000 That's too much. I haven't even told you what's in it. All right. You can have 700000 <laughs> Yeah. What? That, and that's the way we're doing it. Honey, I want to spend $70,000. Mm, that seems like a lot. Who's ever had that conversation? Right. Come on. What are you buying? If you're buying a house, that's pretty cheap. (laughs) If I'm buying a horse, that's pretty expensive. (laughs) Right. Um, Right. Well, she is absolutely right on that. But I want to talk about that more uh, later in the show. We also need to revisit the uh, 60 Minutes piece. They had the whistleblower from Facebook on last night. And uh, we got this text at us. You guys are so dumb. Wake up. 60 Minutes was a PSYOP last night using a phony whistleblower. It's a narrative to shut down Rumble, Getter, Telegram, War Room, etc. to censor these outlets. Would you not agree with those in power today? Wake up! uh, First of all... Wake uh, up! Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I I do get the guy's point, though. There was an element of that gal in some of the stuff she released. She was a little more panty-wadded than need be about so-called misinformation and the rest of it. But uh, anyway, if you'd heard our nuanced and, and intelligent discussion, sir, you wouldn't be so angry. Uh, this is very exciting. 
I'm usually the host, but I'd like to introduce a, a guest host for today's version of Tsunami of Wokeness. Ladies and gentlemen, my radio partner these past, good Lord, almost 30 years, Jack Armstrong with Tsunami of Wokeness. There's a tsunami of wokeness. That's the part I like. There's a tsunami of wokeness. <laughs> Everything woke turns to sh. What? What's his name? The tsunami of wokeness guy, Sam Harris. Is that Sam Harris? Yeah. yeah. There's a tsunami of wokeness. And there he is again. It's funny. He does a daily medication, a meditation podcast. It's all about meditating with that yeah. voice and delivery. I oh, yeah. It, I think it would work and put me to sleep. Right, turn off the communist music. Turn it off. So a couple of um, woke stories for you. You probably don't know Dorian Abbott. I didn't until I heard this story and then looked him up. He's a geophysicist at the University of Chicago. One of the top people in his field in the entire world. He and I could not talk for five seconds about what he's good at, but he was supposed to give MIT's prestigious Carlson Lecture on October 21st. One of the most prestigious slots in the world for this sort of thing. The topic was to be the climates of extrasolar planets. Shamefully, MIT canceled the lecture under pressure from activists who objected to his political views. Those who pressured MIT, and you can pressure MIT all you want, It's the fact that MIT went along with you that's the problem. Those who pressured MIT to cancel Dr. Abbott's lecture opposed his views on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, They have nothing to do with his topic of the Carlson lecture about the climate of extrasolar planets. Didn't matter. The activists are able to cancel anyone who dissents from their dogmas, and MIT went along with it. Shameful, shameful, freaking shameful. MIT! Maybe the top science math college in the world cancels cancels a scientist because he doesn't go along with woke views on race. Canceled! To break this down a little further, note, because he does not agree with the dogma on uh, wokeness, he cannot be allowed to speak on any topic. On physics or space. Right. We are anti-enlightenment now. Our universities are are anti-enlightenment. If you do not toe the line with the new religion, you will be silenced. You are a heretic. You are drummed out of polite society. How could a place like MIT go back to the days of punishing Galileo for having a different view about the stars and planets? It's exactly what they're doing. It's unbelievable. But it's happening. Shame. Exactly. And then another one Shame. that is, uh, as every bit as dumb, probably not as important, but uh, the movement is important. A theater company is getting slammed for cast, casting, then canceling an all-white show. San Jose Playhouse announced in late August it's cast for a holiday production of Into the Woods. Uh, they put the cast on the website for the show and the posters, and it was all-white. An all-white cast... Uh, was not going to fly. Um, no, n- no Hispanic or la- uh, non-Latino whites. So uh, combined with the blah 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 and pressure and emails and you know, I act like that's a big deal. I don't know because they never report this, but we know from our own personal experience could have been one person, 
Could have been two people complained. That's all mm-hmm. it takes. It's oh. entirely possible nobody of color auditioned because they had no interest in doing it. Yeah. So uh, San Jose Playhouse canceled the show. Canceled! Yes, better to have no art at all than art that happens to have white people in it. Yes. Well, again, it's a new religion. It's a dogmatic and harsh religion, which you are not allowed to question. And if I might, as the regular host of Tsunami of Wokeness, let me throw this one in. It's become the one-foot putt of news analysis, but since last December, a Douglasville, Georgia neighborhood has been gripped in fear due to racially charged messages that have been anonymously left in the mailboxes of residents of color. Well, finally, the police have arrested the dirty, racist Klansman, a 30-year-old black woman named of Teresha Lucas, who has been posing as a Ku Klux Klan member and doing the, the usual things for the usual reasons, wants everybody to be aware of how much racism there is, so created some. Awesome. It's just unbelievable. In the notes, threats were made to burn down homes and kill their occupants. The author of these disturbing messages also made it a point to describe themselves as a six-feet-tall white male with a long red beard who did not live in the neighborhood. Unbelievable. They went uh, from December till March, then they disappeared for a while, started coming back in September. Uh, these days, technology often helps catch, uh, police catch suspects, and in this case, it was actually old-school detective work. Our investigators had the drive to stick with the case and see it all end, and they finally found this woman doing it. Um, it's crazy. Although, you know, it, it's funny. I've always explained it the way I just explained it, that these activists want everybody to know how much racism it is there is. But now it occurs to me, well, it's all about power. It's not about racism at all. Race and, and, and the race of the alleged racism is a way to get people to back off like MIT did. And the people who want the power then seize the power. Mm. If you can demonize white people and terrify all the white people in this area of, of Georgia to just shut up and toe the line because look, they're Klansmen about. How can I claim anything? I gotta shut up and be humble and be yelled at by Ibram Kendi, you know, and, and, and Joy Reid and the rest of them. It puts people on their heels. It makes them ashamed and afraid. That's why these activists create this fake racism, I think. Sure, and why you push so hard to have a, um, a professor who's talking about the planets, but he's not on board with your equity crap, you get him canceled so that the next professor will think, well, I better not tweet or give a speech about uh, diversity and equity not being all it's cracked up to be, uh, or I won't get to speak anymore, so I'll keep my mouth shut. Yeah, the one is showing sowing shame, the other is sowing fear, but it's all about power. Reject it, folks, or it'll wash over us. It's a tsunami of wokeness. There's a tsunami of wokeness. I agree. So a hiker has no doubt that he encountered Brian Laundrie on the Appalachian Trail over the weekend. So a guy who looked just like Brian Laundrie uh, drove up to him in his car, acting all kind of uh, uh, weird, under pressure, weird, darting around, Mm -hmm. eyes sweaty, nervous. Sure, sweaty eyes. And asked the guy uh, if he knew how to get to California on back roads only. On the Appalachian Trail, that would be literally 750 different turns. (laughs) I don't know if I believe this story. You don't don't have to be. I mean, you could drive to California without getting on the interstate. 
You don't have to be a real genius to figure out how to do it, though. It's not that hard. Well, and you I would think map, the, inter- the interstate would be a, exactly where you'd want to be. Yeah. I don't know. So he either did or didn't. Nah, that's bull-ass. I think so? He just wanted a little claim to fame? Yep. Um... Hey, do you know how to get to California on only back roads? He asked somebody on the east freaking coast. Come on. Don't believe it. <laughs> no. So Cheryl Atkinson, who we've had on the show before, she quit CBS News back in the day. Mm-hmm. When she tweeted out over the weekend, uh, President Biden is wearing a mask outside. He walks up to the press corps, takes down his mask and talks to them. Please explain the purpose of the mask. I love that. Britt Hume of Fox retweeted and said, no one can, least of all Biden. Vaccinated Joe Biden, alone outside with a mask on, walks up to the press corps where he's now around people and takes down his mask. The whole mask thing is just gone crazy. It is such a show of something as opposed to a prophylactic against the disease. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have no need or desire to denigrate anybody's religion, but it is so clearly just a quasi-religious tradition, wearing a special garment to symbolize something or other. Oh, by the way, back to uh, the missing laundry kid who's probably a murderer. Uh, Dog the bounty hunter has turned over evidence to authorities, he claims. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're not interested in either one of these stories, huh? I think there's evidence he lacks a career and income. Well, no, I'm, I'm interested in stories that aren't horse crap. Yeah. But a number of people. Here's the story. A number of people have figured out that this is a biggest, big enough national story that you can gl- get a little bit of uh, coverage if you have anything to say about it. Why haven't we yeah. done this yet? We should have done it last week when it was hot. We just saw Brian Laundrie in our studio. We interviewed him. We interviewed him. <laughs> We just thought it was a different Brian Laundry. Oh, jeez. Um, if you didn't see 60 Minutes last night, they had the whistleblower from Facebook, the one that was, you know, started with being quoted in the uh, Wall Street Journal about how they know behind the scenes that Instagram is evil and Facebook is evil, but they don't care. You'll hear a little bit of that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, the global supply chain is causing a lot of problems now. Have you been troubled? Troubled? A lot of people are. There's a short supply now of canned vegetables, chicken, bottled water. Uh, but the bright side, uh, we're fully stocked with Halloween. No chicken, but if you want a plastic rat that sings the Monster Mash, we've got you covered. <laughs> It's a decent point. I was at the CVS. The aisles of Halloween stuff were packed. So no shortage of that. That's good. (laughs) Holiday delights. It makes life worth living, right? We don't talk a lot of sports, but the most exciting game of the last day of the season yesterday was, uh, well, the Giants and Dodgers were not playing each other, but um, there was a possibility they end up in a tie after 162 games. Both of them winning over 100 games. Yeah, Dodgers won their 106. They did their part. They won the last couple of games. The Giants stumbled a little, but won their 107th. 
Uh, anyway, if you are a sports fan or a Dodgers fan, Clayton Kershaw likely out for the rest of the year. Woof. Uh, with uh, forearm discomfort. So he might be done. So that's mm. something. 60 Minutes last night. We've talked about this a lot. Joe brought us the story last week. The Wall Street Journal had a four-part story about social media and Facebook in particular and kept quoting a whistleblower who uh, was a Facebook employee. Well, and Instagram, which is Facebook's little giant brother. Blowing the lid on stuff they know behind the scenes in Facebook and have been lying about, including lying to Congress. I don't know if you cross the line into uh, a crime at any point. Oh, put Mark Zuckerberg in Leavenworth. Leg irons. Oh, he's cute and cuddly. They'd be loving him from dusk till dawn. Put him in the jumpsuit. Prison not a good place for Zuckerberg. Uh, But so this woman came forward yesterday and was actually on 60 Minutes, and she's going to testify in front of Congress later this week. So both Republicans and Democrats will be in agreement that we're going to beat the hell out of Facebook, and it should should be pretty exciting. But here she is a little on 60 Minutes last night. The thing I saw at Facebook over and over again was there were conflicts of interest between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. And Facebook over and over again chose to optimize for its own interests, like making more money. I've seen a bunch of social networks, and it was substantially worse at Facebook than anything I'd seen before. You know, someone else might have just quit and moved on. And I wonder why you take this stand. Imagine you know what's going on inside of Facebook, and you know no one on the outside knows. I knew what my future looked like if I continued to stay inside of Facebook, which is person after person after person has tackled this inside of Facebook and ground themselves to the ground. When and how did it occur to you to take all of these documents out of the company? At some point in 2021, I realized, okay, I'm going to have to do this in a systemic way, and I have to get out enough that no one can question that this is real. I... I go back and forth on this with the whole Facebook thing. Um, they they put people together with stuff they're interested in on Facebook. Their algorithms do that. So if you are a Dodgers fan and you make it clear through your clicks that you like information about Dodgers, they're going to feed you as much information about the Dodgers as they can because they know you're likely to click on it and stay on Facebook longer. Now, it also just so happens that if you're a... Uh, I don't know, a communist or a white supremacist or a whatever, and they catch on to that, they're going to feed you information about that, too. But I don't know how you do one without the other. Yeah, I have a mixed reaction to this, gal. Some of the stuff she says about uh, g- girls and um, and and uh, Instagram, which I think we have a clip about, um, I'm, I'm totally down with her. They're, they're doing harm, and they know it. Um, and some of the stuff about uh, they know that anger ups your engagement and anger gets you to click around more and so they're sowing the seeds of anger in america i don't appreciate that at all on the other hand there's a little too much of the whole you know uh, you're spreading misinformation that you know three months later turns out to be good solid information you know whether about hunter hunter biden or whatever so you know i have to take her with a grain of salt you know and it strikes me as uh, i got things to say but probably ought to save him because she's going to be questioned like crazy by both republicans and democrats later this week and we'll have plenty of time to talk about it uh some breaking news that i originally thought that's not something i'll mention then i thought we should mention it the governor of florida ron DeSantis's wife just announced she's got breast cancer and at oh, first boy. i thought well that's not personal thing but then wait 
He's one of the leading people being talked about running for president, maybe even challenging Trump for the nomination. And if his wife's going through the whole cancer treatment thing in a serious way, he might rethink that. In fact, I think there's a decent chance he rethinks that. So that could have political implications. Yeah, I think he has to run uh, to get reelected Florida governor fairly soon, doesn't he? Or am I thinking of a different I don't know that. It doesn't matter, but obviously we, we certainly... Have uh, best wishes in mind for his wife, and let's hope that's resolved quickly. But if there's anything that could stop you from running for president, and be a serious health problem in the family. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Early in the cycle, let's hope that's not a factor. Um, the Netflix series Squid Game came on the scene last month, and it is just getting attention all around the world. It's described as, I haven't watched any of it, it's described as ultra-violent, but in kind of a campy, like so far over-the-top, it doesn't affect you sort of way, I guess. I, I haven't watched it, so, um, you know, that that's all in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, I don't like lots of violence. On the other hand, if it is indeed that sort, I can handle it. I mean, if it's like the itchy and scratchy show from The Simpsons, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. So I'll try to learn. I'll tell you what. I'll watch an episode of Squid Game and get back to you this week. I'll make sure that I can comment on this hot, hot. If you want to be one of the cool kids, you got to be watching Squid Game. I do know that. Right, right, yeah. The two giant bills that are going to turn us into France, are they going to pass? We should talk about that a little bit to kick off Hour 4. Armstrong and Getty.